1: This is Dr. Jonathan Hanson, I want to welcome you to the warning radio program, those that are listening and watching on social media, our television program, welcome. We're in my chapel here at World Ministries International, this is a live audience, and I have a special man with me, he is part of us, and uh, his name is Dan Dodge, 92 years old, uh, let me tell you, God is working through him. And he's got a couple testimonies, dreams, and you're going to enjoy this. I listened to it. I said, hey, you must give it in my chapel because it will build your faith. You know, I've seen people come back from the dead and they never want to come back once they see it. Never do they want to come back. In fact, if you pray for them and your prayers bring them back, they're angry with you. Why did you bring me back? The earth is so dirty. I didn't want to come back. Sometimes it takes two years before they get used to Earth again. So, Dan, I want you to tell the people here and on, watching on television and radio, you had several dreams. Uh, Tell us about them.
2: Well, I had three dreams so far. Sometimes before I go to bed, I said, Lord, can you give me another dream? Anyway, the first one... I'm just going to tell you about the second dream I had, which was, when I get done telling it, you you will know why I am up here telling you this dream, because it's in the dream. And I was, uh, back in Joel, chapter 2, it says, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Believe me. I fit the old man category. Now, let's get into the dream. That was uh, about seven years ago. It happened. And uh, what happened, I was dreaming. I was sitting inside of a, a stadium, more or less, outdoor stadium. And it was uh, maybe, maybe about the size of a uh, major league stadium. And there was music. Coming out of everywhere, over here, over there, up there. It felt like it was coming out of the, the, the seats, you know. Best, most beautiful music I have ever heard. And then I looked down there, and the stadium was a little different than a major league stadium. One end was completely open, the other end, and you could look, you could look out through there, and you could see forever, and you could. There was no ending to what you could see. And at the other end was a stage. And then down in the middle of the stadium, down at ground level, were about 30 men in tuxedos. And they were just singing their heart out, just keeping time with the music and singing beautiful. And then the, there was about Beside them was about 30, maybe, I was just guessing because I didn't count them all. Women in dresses with a flag like this gentleman had earlier, a flag in each hand, keeping time with the music. And everything was so beautiful, you know. I was in heaven, everything's beautiful. And anyway, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where am I and how to I get here? Then there's a voice off to my left kind of behind me and he said you're here to witness acknowledge that of a new person and celebrate with her a new person coming into heaven. I looked all around and there's nobody there I'm just sitting by myself but the voice is there and all of a sudden there's another voice over there, he very commanding voice. He said, You go out and tell people about this. And I was so commanding, I was t- kinda of taken aback. I said, Oh, okay. And then the voice over here, that gentle voice, <laughs> said, Watch a door in that stadium down there. And uh, I gotta go back and notch here. I kinda he asked, his voice over here said, they're having a great celebration and everybody that comes into heaven has a great celebration. And everyone is different. There's a lot of celebrations. Anyway, he said, watch that door down there in the back of the stage. All of a sudden it opens and a young lady comes running out praising the Lord, skipping and hopping, and just like a a school girl on her last day of school, maybe, you know, there's... Anyway, they, she runs down, runs over to the the, uh, gentlemen in tuxedos, and she gives each one a kiss and a hug. Then she goes over to the ladies, the ladies' The dancing ladies and uh, does the same thing and I turned turned over to this voice over here and I said well that the young lady looks like she may be about 25 years old and uh, maybe she's married and has a family who I don't know but she's young enough she has her parents are still probably alive why, why would the Lord take her so young? And this voice over here said, she was 99 years old. (laughs) And I just, this voice over here said, make sure you tell everybody about this. I said, I will. (laughs) Then I woke up crying because I did not want to be back here. I'm here. I wish they was up there. Besides that, I'm only 89.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Maybe that means you're going to live to be 90, 92. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I think, see, we, these testimonies are so encouraging. And you know, I've done many programs. and, and I, Once I did five days of television on people coming back from the dead, what they see. One thing is similar. If you've been to heaven, you don't want to ever come back.
2: Right, yeah.
1: You don't want to come back. And another thing, people who die, no matter how old they are, they can be 110. They can't get out of a wheelchair sometimes. Yet, in heaven, they're in their prime. (laughs) Walking and running and dancing. He thought this, this lady 99, Oh, she must be only 25.
2: Yeah, well, the Lord says we're going to get a new body. Amen. Amen. And she did.
1: See? It's all there. Eternity, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to fear death. If you know Jesus Christ, you do not have to fear death. It's something. We want to go to be with the Lord. Amen. My mother just, she was 92, passed on. She wanted to be with the Lord. She told the nurse the night before, I'm going to die tonight. And the nurse said, no, you are not. And I got a call in the morning, your mother just died. She knew it. She wasn't afraid of it. She wanted to be with the Lord. She's in her prime. She was stuck to a wheelchair now. She's in her prime, running, dancing, singing. The mother I used to remember as a boy,
2: you had another dream. Well, uh, the, the first one is kind of personal. And I'll just keep that to myself. Okay, you keep that to yourself. But the third one was only about six weeks ago, very short. And I was uh, in a Japanese garden, and uh, there was two keepers in the garden. And uh, if you know anything about a Japanese garden, it, there's gravel all over between plants and everything, little called peat gravel, very small stuff. And they rake beautiful designs into that. And these two gentlemen were raking. It was fall and leaves were falling. So I asked it, are you raking leaves up or what are you doing? One of them says to me, we're raking a straight path for you, Daniel. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, even the angels of the Lord. I've done many testimonials on angels that have been involved in my ministry, in my life, even sparing my life, protecting us, making a straight path. Yeah. I just talked to a man. I'm going to be doing an interview with him on my warning radio program. The Last time I was in their church, he saw he said seven angels behind me, nine feet tall. Oh, hallelujah! Amen. And and he said, Wow, Pastor Hanson, are, are, are you six foot tall? I said, No way. Now, I would glad I would I'd be happy to be six foot. Yeah, I was once. You were once. <laughs> yeah. See, see, now you're my height.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, let's not get carried away about (laughs) it. But can you imagine?
1: He saw seven angels behind me, and he said they're nine feet tall. Amen. I had an apostolic leader drive up my driveway some years ago. E.J. knows about it. And uh, he was afraid when he knocked on my door, my conference door, he was shaking. He said, do you realize you have a 24-foot giant angel in your driveway? He just got didn't drive up to my place. Pastor Buckhart, Dr. Buckhart, who's traveled with me all over the world, he was with me when I was preaching in Odessa, Texas, in a large church. And at the end, people were coming up to be prayed for. But God had opened up some people's eyes, and this one man was afraid to come up. And Dr. Buckhart said, well, just go up and, and talk to Dr. Hanson. Oh, no, I can't. He was afraid. Well, what's wrong? There's a huge giant being standing right beside him. He saw my giant angel. Now all over the world and country after country, people see my giant angel. A giant angel. This apostolic leader who never heard any of these testimonies was shaking when he came to my door. Do you realize you have a giant angel? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. This property is protected. Can you say amen?
0: Amen.
1: Amen. He was afraid to come talk to me at a meeting because he saw my giant angel. I was going from one country to another country. This was when I was in church planning. Years ago, I sent a fax to the pastor in Livingston, Zambia, to meet me at the border between Zambia and Zimbabwe, to meet me at the border, Victoria Falls. I got there, I waited three hours, he didn't come. No, I'm white. The African sun is not good to stay in three hours. And I was getting red, I was hot, and I was a little upset because I asked a pastor to meet me who was under me. The Holy Spirit said, walk. So I crossed the border. Somebody came up to me and said, Pastor Hanson, follow me. Now, I didn't think anything of it. I just figured, okay, for some reason, the pastor couldn't come and he sent this man to escort me. So I'm in Africa, he was, he was a black man. Follow me, takes me to a public bus stop. He says, take this man to Livingston, Zambia. And he leaves. I go to Livingston, Zambia. I get ready to get off. I ask the man, how much? You know, they have kwacha there, how much? He says, nothing, go. I'm saying, man, this is strange. I've been to uh, Zambia three other times. And uh, if you're a stranger, they just like in Mexico, they'll charge you three times as much. <laughs> are, are you with me? Yes. If you've ever traveled some nations, I get off. Another man is waiting to meet me. He says, Pastor Hanson, follow me. He takes me, walks with me, he says, okay, you go up this road. There's a crossroad. He gives me directions. I thank him. He leaves. I walk up the road. I must not have been listening. Sometimes my wife says I don't listen real good. And uh, I'm I'm going left and and somebody yells, Pastor Hanson, you're going the wrong way. Follow me. Okay, so I turn around and follow him. We start walking. And he takes me within 100 meters of the home. He, He points it out, he says, that's where he lives. I said, thank you, and I keep going. All of a sudden I want to talk to him again. I turn around, I can't find him. Now, I'm just thinking, okay, here's a lot of people. You know, I just lost him. You know, he went in between some people. So I don't think much of it. There's too many people, and I just, okay, I just lost him. Anyway, I get up to the door, knock on the door. I walk in. I say, you know, I I sent you a fax. I waited. Can you see? I'm very red. Three hours in the African sun. You didn't come. Now, I'm not real happy. I said, but at least you sent people, and here I am. He still hasn't said a word. He's just looking at me. And he says, how did you travel, Pastor? And I tell him the story. That people met me along the way, put me on a bus, take me here. But I said, the strange thing is, he didn't want my money, the driver. He says, can I see your money? I showed it to him. He said, that kwacha... The government discontinued seven months ago. You have no money that's worth anything. And he said, I sent nobody to pick you up. I did not receive your fax. I just walked out of his presence, walked into his bedroom. I was so caught up in amazement, fell on his bed and started to cry. He didn't get my fax. He didn't know I was coming. How would I ever found him? Except for God sent... You know, the Bible says sometimes we entertain angels unaware. Now, were those angels? Were those people that God said, Go? All I know is God sent beings to guide me from one country to another country to his very house. And the man never got my message to meet him. There was a man threatening the church and a righteous pastor. I had... Prophetically spoken, if that doesn't stop, the spirit can come out of his breath. I get a message. Prophet Hansen, what you said is true. He continued his attacks. The man fell over dead. They did an autopsy. Malaria hit the brain. I've had people rise up, jump to attack me and freeze and can't move. Just frozen. You know, Daniel, I believe nothing and nobody can touch you unless God allows it.
2: Right. Yes. I'm here. Nobody's touched me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell that story. That's the only reason because I'm, the average age of, of men in this country is a little over 78 years old. So I, I think that's an average. How many guys died, men died younger than me? They had to die. Quite a bit younger than me, for me to be on this side up here. And then I wonder, did they know the Lord? I don't know. I can't pray for them because they're not here anymore.
1: See, that's, that's the question. Do you know the Lord? That is the question. We have one life to live, and what are you doing with it? There's a heaven, there's a hell. I could keep telling you stories, even of angels. There's a heaven, there's a hell. I was traveling to Senegal to plan a church. This was years ago. And this was when Ethiopia was still under the communists. So the red sickle, I flew into the airport on my way to Senegal. The plane got delayed because of the fighting. Now it's a long ways from Ethiopia to Senegal. So I didn't think too much about it. And I'm, I'm stuck and I'm witnessing. And I'm witnessing to a Muslim. Now, Senegal is 97% Islamic. But I tell him what I'm going to do I'm going to go to Senegal and plant a church not thinking anything about it Finally the airport opens up again I get on the plane I'm looking at my ticket And I find my seat And who is sitting right next to me? That very Muslim And I I think about it Well, okay, well There's many stops along the way to get the Senegal Surely he won't go all the way So I sit down We greet each other again He says, uh, Reverend Hanson, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to Senegal. Okay. And I go to sleep. And I can hear over the speakers of the plane each stop, each stop. Stopping here. And finally, I hear, fasten your seatbelts. In 20 minutes, we'll be in Senegal. We'll be landing. I open my eyes, and he's still there. Now I'm getting a little worried because I told him what I'm doing. He says, Reverend Hanson, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to Senegal. I get off in Senegal, was a French colony, they speak French and the, the national language is Wolof. I can't speak either one. I can't even read the documents and what I'm supposed to fill out. He goes, marches right through and all of a sudden I recognize, man, he's with the government. <laughs> and he turns around and looks at me with the government, he's talking to them and he's just looking at me and I'm starting to uh, get a little concerned. What in the world? I'm in this Islamic country. I'm a spy. I'm going to plant a church. And he knows everything about me. So he leaves these dignitaries from the government. He comes right through immigration again, looks at me and says, What are you going to do, Reverend Hansen? I said, I'm going to Senegal. I'm going to Dakar. That's the capital. He says, follow me.
2: I don't know if I'm arrested. I don't
1: know what's going on. <laughs> but all I know is I don't have to try to fill out immigration papers. because so I couldn't read them anyway. So now I'm walking right through with the government. Nobody touches me. Passport stamped. I get out. There's a limousine. He looks at me and says, uh, Reverend Hanson, what are you going to do? I'm still wondering what is going on here. <laughs> he didn't arrest me immediately. Uh, but what is that limousine for? I'm going to Senegal. We'll get in the car. So we get in the car. He drives me, has his chauffeur drive me to one of the swankiest suites in the whole nation. Now I'm on, on a three month tour of four different countries to s- spy them out, including the Ivory Coast and others to plant churches. I can't afford to spend my meager mission allowance on a fancy hotel suite. Okay, we get there about three o'clock in the morning. He looks at me in the car and says, what are you gonna do, Reverend Henson? And I look at the clock and say, well, I- I'll go in and I'm gonna sit in the lobby, it's too late. I don't think I'll I'll get a hotel suite, but I'll just sit in the lobby and do work. So I go in, he checks in. He comes to me and he said, Reverend Hanson, I've just checked in. I've got a big hotel suite, executive, two big king size beds, two desks. Why don't you join me? What would you do? (laughs) I joined him. It turned out that this man was the president's son of a... South Maldives Islands over radio and television. He introduces me to the government. We've got a church now there because God gave direction, leading by the Holy Spirit. God sends angels or people to help you along your way. And when I was in Senegal, as I was walking to pray, I could not still speak the language. This man was there a week and he left. He paid my whole hotel bill for a week, praise God. And I'm walking. After going into a bank, I said, God, I can't speak the language. You've got to help me here. Somebody's got to be able to speak English. And somebody taps me on the shoulder. Hello, can I help you? And he spoke perfect English. <laughs> hey. I said, well, yes. He helps me get money out of the bank. So now I'm, I'm still walking. I'm praying. Where do I go? What, how, where do we plant this church? How do I meet people? And I go to a cliff and I look down and, and there's bushes, but I want to go down to the cliff and pray on the beach. And I'm about ready to step on a Wooden staircase. And somebody grabs me from behind and says, Reverend Hanson, don't go down there. They'll kill you. Now I'm shaking. What? Nobody speaks English and somebody says, don't go down there. They'll kill you. I'm so startled. I barely put my foot on the staircase and the whole thing crashes 100 feet below. The man is gone and I start to cry. Father God, you warned me. I still didn't listen. But your mercy and grace saved my life. I'm just telling you how God moves. There's mercy and grace. There's angels. God sends people along the way. And God sends angels along the way that look like people. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See, God makes the rough way straight, like your dream. He makes the rough way straight. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. You can know him now. Just make a decision. Father God, I'm sorry for doing it my way. I want to serve you. Forgive me of my sins. You can telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Operators will be waiting. They'll send you Christian literature. Look at my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. Subscribe today. Be a part of our team to save America. God bless you.